Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word for the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. It is the last day of January, January 31st, 2023, Tuesday. I'm so glad you guys are on today as we um, make our way through the New Testament and through the book of Matthew right now. Uh, we are today in Matthew chapter 8. Uh, tomorrow we'll jump over to Luke, pick up a few chapters in Luke. Um, yeah, thank you guys for being a part of it. Hope you're doing well. As I was saying before we kind of started the podcast, it's foggy out there, man. In Tampa right now, it's foggy, so um, take a little extra time if you're traveling. All right. You guys ready? We're going to um, finish up the uh, Sermon on the Mount yesterday through uh, Matthew 7. Today, uh, Matthew 8. And uh, you never know, man. You never know what the Lord's going to say to us. Good morning, Greg. Good morning, Ann. Good morning, Jennifer. Welcome, everybody. So glad you guys have tuned in today. And um, yeah, let's see what God has to say to us. You know what we do? We read. We pray. We change the world. Good morning, Deborah. All right. Matthew chapter 8. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. You know, just you know, just stood out to me. Um, this contrast with the crowds. Are following him, but a man with leprosy knelt before him. Isn't that an interesting contrast? So the crowd, now you kind of get into my mind of like how I create sermons. <laughs> these little contrasts. Like you got all these crowds of people who are following, kind of, and, and they're not following in the, like, I'm following Jesus sense. They're probably following in the, uh, I don't want to miss out on the cool things that are happening since. Not all of them are necessarily devoted followers of Jesus, quote unquote. But you got the crowds like are just kind of meandering with Jesus wherever he goes, just following the show. But there's a but but uh, there's a man with leprosy that knelt before him. Hmm. You know, um, I think sometimes that's a great reminder for us that you know we have to step out from the crowd and, and kneel before Jesus sometimes, you know. The, um, it's, it's a contrast of like, um, a lot of people are, are, are fans of Jesus, but are they really like those who worship Jesus? So there were a lot of fans, but this man, this man with a real need, what did he do? He knelt before Jesus. He took it a step farther kneeling before Jesus. Um, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Hmm. Um, if you are willing, yes. 
Um, yeah, so some people were asking, I see the question there about was there something that happened at church last night? Yeah, there was like a, a guy that got into an accident. He, man, I don't know. He ran into, he got in a wreck off a of 580 and then he kind of cut through the church parking lot in his car at a high speed and ended up hitting the fence in the back of the church by the shed, the, you know, the, you know, the Bayside property. And um, <clears throat> no one was hurt. Uh, he wasn't even hurt, the driver. Um, but yeah, so there was a, there was a slew of Pinellas County uh, deputies there. Um, so they they took him into custody, and I'm sure very likely was a a drug issue or an addiction issue. And so hopefully the guy gets some help, man. Hopefully he gets some help. Maybe I mean I mean I was thinking like he crashed into a church. So like if you ever needed a sign from God, like of all the places you crashed into, I mean it was the house of God. So I mean maybe you'll turn him around. Anyway. I digress. I just saw that question. I saw Sandy, you were asking that question about what happened at the church last night because there were a lot of activity. <laughs> it was a lot of activity. Uh, but yeah, that's what it was. Anyway, and not a ton of damage if you're wondering, like, was the, you know, was anything at the church destroyed? A little bit of damage on the fence, but nothing super, super bad. Um, anyway, so this, um, this guy with leprosy kneels down and he says, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. That's kind of kind of symbolic of all of us when we come to salvation in Jesus, right? Now, obviously, the leper he's coming for physical healing first and foremost, but we all kind of you know we you know it's all uh, you know when the Lord calls us, it's all our it's we all have our turn to step away from the crowd and kneel before Jesus. I mean, that's kind of our moment of salvation when we step away from the crowd and we kneel at the feet of Jesus, and that's what we pray all the time, man. That more and more people would step away from the crowd. And kneel before Jesus, like this leper's doing. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately, he was cleansed of his leprosy. Wow. Then Jesus said to him, see that you don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. So go to the priest, let them go through the ceremonial cleansing, reinstate you and restore you to the community, uh, and it'll be a testimony um, to the community of what God has done. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion, this is a soldier who's in, in charge of 100 men, came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. So, so here we, we've already seen a man with leprosy who needs healing and kneels before Jesus. Now we see this man who is a Roman official, Roman uh, soldier, um, officer, who is uh, asking for help. Uh, Lord, uh, my servant is at home and lies paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? So he asked the soldier, should I, should I go to your house and heal this man? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. Just say the word, and my servant will be healed. Mm. That's faith right there, man. So the Roman centurion, he's like, you know, I'm not worthy to even have you under my roof. I mean, I'm a Gentile. I mean, you're obviously a man of God. I'm, I'm not even worthy to have you under my roof. You don't even have to 
come to my house to perform this miracle. And this is faith, right? This is seeing beyond, like, like this centurion gets it. Like, like it's not a matter of Jesus having to physically touch someone. Like, there's power. The power of God is with him. If he can heal someone, he can certainly heal them without the physical uh, ability to touch them. It's just like with us right now in this time of prayer. Like, God can touch you where you are. God can meet you um, where in the place where you're at, even though we're not physically in the same location, because the Spirit of God moves as it will. And so the man says, just say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and, I, that, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. So the, uh, the, the, so the centurion is saying, I understand how chain of command works. I understand what th authority looks like. And I can tell that you have authority over evil spirits. You have authority over sickness and disease. You are in the, in the pecking order, in the chain of command. You're over them. So if you just say the word, you don't have to go there. You just need to, you just need to, um, you just need to send the order. You just need to send the order, man. And when Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly, I tell you, I always think that, that always is a surprising verse right there. You know, how do you amaze Jesus? Like, it's hard to amaze Jesus. I mean, Jesus seen a lot of stuff. <laughs> he's been there since the foundation of the world. I mean, he's, he's seen it all, like literally. <laughs> he's literally, like, seen it all. And yet this few times, I only, I only know of two times uh, that in the Bible where Jesus is amazed. Once is negative because he's amazed at Jerusalem's lack of faith. He's amazed. And here he's amazed by the, the evidence of incredible faith. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. And he said to those following him, truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel. Remember, this guy is not an Israelite. He's a Gentile, Roman. He says, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is announcing that Jews and Gentiles uh, from the East and the West, Gentiles in particular in this case, will take their seat at the table of uh, faithful Israelites. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Hmm. Those who don't get it, those who don't understand the kingdom, those who are not part of the kingdom of God. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done to you as you believed it would. And the servant was healed at that moment. Man, God just has to say the word, man. Jesus just has to say the word. And we go to him, we look, do you, Lord, if, if you, if you will, if, if it's your will, heal me. He, he does will. He will that you would be made well, that you'd be made whole. And so today, wherever you are, you may be thinking, man, does, I wish, do you think God wants me to be well? Yeah, he wants to make you whole. Yes. In the name of Jesus, be made whole. 
And Jesus tells the centurion, if you go home, you'll find that your servant has been healed. What? Yup. Because you're right. I just need to say the word. He gets it, man. That's awesome. When Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. All right. So Peter's mother-in-law is sick. So um, she got a fever. He touched her hand, and the fever left her. And she got up and began to wait on him. Wow. He just touched her. He didn't. Now, see, this is just showing the, the, uh, the incredible power of Jesus. He, he touches someone, and they're healed. In another case, he, in one case, he touches and says something. In another case, he just says something. And in this case, we don't have any record of him saying anything. He just touches her. And she gets up. Verse 16. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities, and he bore our diseases. Hmm. Yes, indeed. He does. He takes our infirmities. He heals our diseases. Aren't you glad, man? Aren't you glad that Jesus came not only to forgive our sin, which is the most important thing. Let's not don't get it twisted. That's the most important thing. But he didn't stop there. He came to give us abundant life, and that includes taking up our infirmities and our diseases and our weaknesses and our frailties and our hurts and our pains and our hangups, and he's come to heal those. Thank you, Jesus. He took our infirmities and bore our diseases. Verse 18, when Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. Then a teacher of the law came to him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Well, that sounds good so far. So far, Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Hmm. He's like, I'm just going to let you know what it's going to cost you here. It's saying no... This ain't no joy ride all the time. <laughs> you're going to be challenged. You're going to find new life. You're going to find abundant life. But let me tell you, it's not a, this ain't a gravy train. Verse 21, another disciple said to him, Lord, first let me go bury my father. But Jesus told him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Wow. So here we, here we got just people making excuses, right? They're just making excuses. Let me bury my father. It's sort of a, a colloquial way of saying, you know, let me wait until my father has passed, right? Like, it doesn't necessarily mean that his, it could be, but it doesn't necessarily mean that his dad's on his deathbed. It just means let me, let me stay with my father until he's buried, and then I'll follow you. And, in, in, you know, when he gets, maybe, you know, when, once he's passed. And Jesus said, let the dead bury their own dead. Was the spiritually dead. He said, we've got, there, we've got people who are spiritually dead that need to be brought to life. This mission is too great. We, if you really want to follow me, today is the day of salvation. Man, we masters of excuses, right? We can always make excuses. Well, the first Lord, let me go. I'll follow you, Lord, but let me. Once I get out of college, Lord, then I'll follow you. Once, you know, once we have a few babies, we're going to bring them to church. But once the babies get out of diapers, then we'll start bringing them to church. 
You know, once them babies start making decisions and we get them going to try to fix them in youth group, <laughs> we're going to try to get the youth pastor to fix them because we, we don't, we ain't invested in them at all spiritually, but now we, we, we're going to, we're going to go to church and we're going to expect that youth pastor to fix them. All right. Well, it's too late. We'll just, you know, we'll just have to deal with it when we get older. Let's make excuses, man. Today is a day of salvation. <laughs> Poor youth pastors and children's pastors, right? Hey, fix my kids. How you tow them up? How I'm supposed to fix them in 45 minutes on Sunday? Huh? I'm, I'm supposed to fix them on 45. I got 45 minutes on Sunday. You got all these days of the week. No. As parents, we are the spiritual influences and primary spiritual guides for our children. Uh, our children's and student pastors are our supports. They, they help us. They resource us. They reinforce, ideally. They reinforce what we're teaching at home. And we got some good ones at Bayside. I ain't going to lie to you. Pastor Jeannie and Alex, they're awesome. But they can't do it all. They can't solve all the world's problems. They do a great job. But anyway, I don't know how I got on that tangent, but just the idea we, we make excuses that we'll just wait later and later and later and later to receive Christ or to follow Christ. And Jesus points that out. He's like, no, no, no. I'm not going to play that game. <laughs> I'm not going to play that game. I, uh, I was teaching a class one time. Uh, and it's an online class, and all the resources are online, including the textbook. And one of the students reached out about two weeks into the class and said, um, Professor, I'm sorry, I just haven't received my books yet. I'll, I'll start, I mean, I'm, 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 I haven't been able to start the class yet because I haven't received, received my textbooks yet. I said, well, that's no problem because all the textbooks are online, so all you got to do is just log on. <laughs> so clearly you have not paid any attention to this at all. <laughs> uh, yeah. Verse 23. Then he got out into the boat, and his disciples followed him. Suddenly, a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. You know that. I know I'd be scared. But Jesus, look, watch this. But Jesus was sleeping. He ain't worried. He ain't worried not one bit. He's sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. Hmm. Now, look, I, I don't blame the disciples here. I'd have been scared, too, um, because they're probably like, yeah, you're Jesus. You can sleep through this stuff, but we ain't. We ain't Jesus, so we're scared. Waves, waves washing over the, the bow and the side. Jesus is sleeping. Help us, Lord. We're drowning. Maybe, hey, maybe that's you today. Like, Lord, I'm drowning. I don't, I, save me. And um, watch this, Jesus, verse 26. Yeah, you know, naps are of God. That's just, you know, if you ever want to, like, you're taking a little nap. <laughs> you're taking a little nap at home. Someone's like, what are you doing? It's like, I'm, I'm doing what Jesus did. That's what I'm doing. I'm following the Lord's work right here. But you sound asleep. That's right. Read Matthew chapter 8, verse 25. I'm following the Lord's work. Jesus needed a nap. I need a nap. <laughs> uh, 
Verse 26, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. Wow. That's a good nap right there. I mean, he's sleeping through some winds and some waves. He out. He is out. And he gets up, rebukes the winds and the waves, completely calm. They were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Wow. That's awesome. Um, I love that. There's a song. Um, it is well. Not not. The, I love the ancient song hymn. It is well. But there's a newer version. I think by Bethel. It is well, and uh, that's one of the lines. Even the winds and the waves obey His hand. You know, mm. man. If you're in a storm today, know that the winds and the waves, they obey Him. They they may scare you because they scare us sometimes. The 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 tumultuous things we go through, they scare us. But I want you to know Jesus is taking a nap. He ain't worried about it. And he uh, he just speaks the word, and the winds and the waves obey his voice. And he has authority over your circumstance, over your situation, over the thing that is keeping you up at night. The winds and the waves obey him. Praise God. Verse 28. When he arrived at the other side of the region of the Gadarenes, Gadarenes, two demon-possessed men came from the tombs and met him. Hmm. So these men coming from tombs met him. <laughs> they were so violent that no one could pass that way. Wow. So they were, uh, the demon-possessed people are you know, fighting, and they're not letting anybody pass. What do you want with us, son of God? They shouted, have you come to torture us before the appointed time? Mm. Ooh, I love that. You know, you know what the appointed time is? The cross. The, uh, the ultimate destruction and defeat of the demonic forces of this world were on the cross. And so they're like, are you here to torture us? Because they know what's coming. They know what's coming. Some distance from that, from a large herd of pigs, uh, some distance from them, a large herd of pigs was feeding. The demons begged Jesus, if you drive us out, send us into the herd of pigs. Hmm. He said to them, go. So they came out and went into the pigs. Now look, here's the thing I want you to see, guys. Here's the thing I want you to see. This has always been a kind of an interesting uh a uh, visual um, for me. If you ever wonder what the what the what uh, the demonic forces of this world want to do, Jesus said that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what the enemy comes to do. Make no mistake about it. And he's willing to work the long game. So if he can just get you to you know just get you down a path that will eventually lead to to uh, death and destruction, that's where he wants you to go. Make no mistake about it. Now he'll and he's willing to play the long game on that. But make no mistake about it, his end goal. Now watch what these dem demonic forces do to these pigs. So they came out and they went to the pigs, and the whole herd, what happened to the pigs? They rushed down the steep bank into the lake and died in the water. 
What does the enemy want to do? He wants to do exactly what he did to those pigs. Lead them to destruction. Lead them to destruction. Those tending the pigs ran off. I bet they were ticked. Man, they killed my pigs, man. That's my business. <laughs> Those tending the pigs ran off, went into the town, and reported all of this, including what had happened to the demon-possessed men. Then the whole town went out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they pleaded with him, watch, to leave the region. Hmm. They were scared. Um, he's interfering with their financial well-being. Isn't that, isn't that something when Jesus interferes with financial well-being? When places that propagate sin and injustice and um, the ungodly, we don't want no more Jesus here. It's messing with business. <laughs> uh, man, this is a powerful chapter. It shows all of the many, many of the ways and many of the things that Jesus is uh, over, right? He's over sickness and disease. He's over um, the winds and the waves. He's over demonic forces of this world. He's over your excuses and my excuses. <laughs> because he is in authority and because he's in control and because he is overall, man, our excuses don't measure up. And he has the, the power and the ability to, to, uh, to heal our diseases and to carry our infirmities. Man, we just cast all our cares on him because he cares for us. All right, you guys, let's pray. Let's pray. Thank you so much for being on today. Thanks for, thank you for spending this time in God's word. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your holy word. Thank you for this revelation of the power uh, and authority of Jesus. Wow. God, so thank you for reminding us of his authority, reminding us uh, of the the uh, resources that are available to us as we uh, we call out in the name of Jesus. So, God, when we're facing winds and waves and storms, Lord, may we always remember to call out to the strong and mighty name of Jesus. There is no other name like that name. So, God, I pray for my friends today, whatever they're facing, whatever they will face, may they be power, be empowered and encouraged to call out to you. And may you meet them in great and mighty ways and display your glory. Lord, I pray for each and every person at the sound of my voice. Lord, whatever they're facing, whatever they have going on today, may you minister and guide and direct. May you bring peace and hope and um, direction. Lord, thank you that you are with us, uh, that you are, you are not afraid. <laughs> Even when we are, you are not afraid. And we can lean to you for strength and comfort and, um, and encouragement. Lord, bless my friends today, I ask. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen, guys. Thank you so much for being on today. Thank you for spending some time reading these uh, powerful words from the life of Jesus, man. It's awesome. Thank you for sharing this. Thank you for subscribing, for liking, for commenting. For Thank you for praying for each other. I see many of the people, many of you guys praying for each other on the, on the news, on the, the, the comments here. That's awesome. Just thank you for all that feedback and support of one another. That's, uh, that's incredible. Love that. You guys have a fantastic day. God bless you, Eric, ma'am. Love you, brother. Stay in, hang in there. Robin, God bless you. Amber, Lucy, Marlene, have a great day. All you guys on the podcast, thanks for spending some time with us today. Have a great day. We'll be back at it tomorrow over in Luke chapter 7 
as we continue to grow and learn together. Love you guys. I really mean that. Have a fantastic day. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.